Howdy, my cowpups. It's your radio sheriff, Wolf the Dog, and I'm wrangling up all of Contention's juicy news from 694.2 PTBP. First up, a word with some friends on Howlin' with Wolf. Your wolf brother, Lord Morty, wants to give a shout out to all his dogs over at the Discord server for the good friends of Jackson Elias. If you pups aren't part of the pack already, it's a place where you can yip, yep, woof, or whimper about Call of Cthulhu, horror films, or horror gaming in general. Just dig out your doggy device, download the Discord app, and search for the good friends of Jackson Elias. Keep those claws sharp and those canines sharper. See you wolf pups around. Now, uh, this is a note from the producer. The good friends of Jackson Elias have been an integral part of this keeper's horror and roleplay education. If you're willing to lose some sanity along the way. And Scott Dorward, one of the good friends, was even kind enough to reply to this producer's Reddit post regarding running his outstanding scenario, Helen, Texas. Found in Stygian Fox's reality-breaking book, The Things We Leave Behind. If y'all want your best friend Wolf to read something you got to say, leave us a sweet five-star review or tag us in a social media thing. Y'all know the drill. And now we got a little news on the wire. Last I heard, Officer Vigna and the two other idiots busted into the deceased Charles room at Hotel Motel, guns drawn, and sans warrant. There, they found a woman dressed similarly to her favorite TV character, the Fawns. But let me tell y'all, these were not happy days as she whipped a knife out at Officer Vigna after these so-called peacekeepers pulled the guns out. Guns are scary, y'all. The party had Grease of Professor Trelawney pinned down until the brilliant Keith Vigna engaged her in hand-to-hand -hand combat, resulting in a hostage situation for the Kappa. Vigna, an officer of the law, proceeded to brag about killing a co-worker, but I heard the sweet-talking Officer Bishop managed to keep her from killing him there on the spot. And now when that old wire lady made a run for it over the railing and ran into the parking lot, all three of those officers unloaded their weapons from the second floor corridor, bringing her down before she could get into her vehicle. The officers patched her up and sent her to the city hospital with Lauren, the only decent officer left in contention. The scene was so traumatic for everyone staying at Hotel Motel. Owners say they will likely have to shut down soon due to the negative reviews on Yelp. The officers are planning a sting operation to catch Billy Harrison, the stranger running about contention in an official police uniform. What? Wait a minute. Well, if we only get to listen to one song before some bald dude dressed as a cop comes and we all get got, let it be kudzu with no backbone. <laughs> okay so after about 15 minutes a black suv rolls up and parks a block away from the donut hole 
a very short young woman and a very tall old man get out and they're both wearing a black suit, white shirt, black tie, black sunglasses, and an ill-fitting windbreaker that says FBI in big letters across the back. Clark, as you sip on your coffee, you hear the door behind you swing open. The door chimes jingle and jangle and you hear footsteps. Out of the corner of your eye, you see a short young woman walk across the shop to the counter. The other footsteps approach you from behind. Wait, uh, John has his radio on him, but do you? No. You're all in plain clothes, and I think at this point you were texting. Okay, so I'm going to text both of them. Hey, it's not uh, Billy, but it's two, F- what look like two FBI agents. Just walk in. Send. Could you sext me that instead? Hey, baby. <laughs> Some female body inspectors just walked in. (laughs) (laughs) Clark, do you want to make any moves? One was approaching me. There are footsteps that approach you from behind. Someone is clearly like standing behind you. I think you had your newspaper up. Yeah. Are they like standing behind me? Like, yep. Okay. I turn around and look up at him. It's this uh, older dude. He's quite tall and he's pretty gruff looking and he just stares back down at you and his eyes are empty. Can I, can I help you? He stares. I slowly turn back around and refocus on the newspaper. As you're focused on the newspaper, you still hear this guy breathing behind you. And the woman at the counter, she orders something from the guy behind the counter there. What's his name? We're at the donut hole? Yeah. His name's Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan Hole. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hole. Mr. Duncan Hole. Yo, Mr. H. <laughs> he uh, pours her a coffee and she walks and sits at the booth with Clark Bishop across from you. And she says, Okay, John. Where's the bag? Are, are you talking to me? Yeah. Uh, I'm not... I'm not... John. Are you looking for John? Are you not John? I'm not John. Uh, well, you're wearing a hoodie and, uh, you know, we just thought that you were John. No, I'm not John. Do you know John? Uh, John what? John Peters. Hmm. I've heard that name before. Huh. And the man behind you, he puts a hand on your shoulder. <laughs> I pet it. she says we need you to direct us to john peters i don't i don't know where john peters is who are you uh my name's clark clark what uh clark bishop clark bishop what do you do uh i actually happen to be a uh, officer here in this town oh of course yes of course you're officer bishop oh that's right okay so um where's john peters then you should know no uh Ma'am, we don't know. <sighs> Do you have anything for us? I mean, if you hadn't walked in here, we might have had something. Me and my uh, my fellow officers, this is kind of a... We're curious about John, too. We're working on it, though. I'll tell you what. More specifically than John Peters, we're looking for a bag. What kind of bag? It's a black Nike bag. It was in a storage unit here in contention, and we're looking for it. Huh. Uh, what would be in the bag? Nothing. Well, we'll keep an eye out for it. That's for dang sure. <sighs> okay. Well. 
Hey, off character, off conversation. Did we find that in the storage locker? Yeah. What, what was in it? The cocaine, or is it literally a bag of nothing? There's literally a, a Nike bag. Oh shit! Is that in the? So there's something that, horrifying in it. Did we open it? I think Clark <laughs> opened it, and he's asked what was inside, and I told him there's nothing in there. I want to look in the Nike bag. There's uh, nothing in there. Is there anything in the leather backpack? Is it at the prison, at the jail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like in the police department, locked up in one of the cells. With all the, with other. All the other stuff. Is there a reason you're looking for an empty bag? You know, I think that's above your pay grade. Oh, is it? Oh, definitely. I mean, he's just a missing person at this point, right? We're not looking for him necessarily, but we thought that he could take us to the bag. John Peters had the keys for those storage units. We went by those storage units. They're empty. Hmm. How about that? Can I can I hear this on the in the bathroom? E- roll, <laughs> yes, roll uh, alertness. Uh, Eighty-seven. I forgot to take my headphones out. <laughs> what are you listening to? Like a conspiracy theory podcast? Yeah, Natch Nibiru. I'm just failing to understand how a guy from my town missing an empty bag is above my pay grade. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to help. Okay, well. If you don't know any more information, then you can't be of any help, can you? I guess I guess not. How, how about if I find that bag, I'll give you guys a call. We would certainly appreciate it. But since we're here talking to an officer of the law, I think you might be able to help us out with some information about some things that are happening in this town. You see, we know about the body in the junkyard, and we know about the chopped up body in the plastic trunk with the woman's head that was split open. We're also pretty sure that you killed a man named Charles earlier this evening, and I believe you also shot a woman at Hotel Motel earlier tonight, so I think maybe, Officer Bishop, you're not in much of a place to say what should be done next. Oh, boy. (laughs) In character. (laughs) No, for real. For real. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, you. You, how'd, you didn't. How'd you hear about that? That, uh, that head in a bucket thing. What's that about? Well, you sent off some stuff to county, didn't you? We talked to them, and they won't be talking anymore. County won't be talking? We didn't kill them. No, we just... There are certain things that need to be kept away from the knowledge of the people. That's one of them. Clark Bishop, they told you about the difference between the age of the inside and the age of the outside of the corpse from the junkyard, did they not? Yeah, about that lab fuck up. Yeah, they told me about that. That's a big oopsie on their part. Yeah, they're clearly not very good at their jobs. Now, I'll ask you one more time, Officer Bishop. Do you know anything about this black Nike bag that we look for? Because we're not leaving this town until we find it. Agent, uh... Kennedy. This is my partner, Agent McKinley. And you kind of look over and he, he nods at you. He looks down, he nods. He's still holding your shoulder. What does this guy look like? I'm imagining like a... Old dude with empty eyes and like a tanned leather skin. Oh, I seem like a John Malkovich, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, the woman that's talking uh, is really young and really short, and she's just kind of like bright-eyed, bushy-tail, weird like voice. a squirrel. Yeah, she's very similar to a squirrel. Like a Scottish squirrel. Or Canadian, whatever she, whatever accent she's got. A Scottish Canadian girl. Where the fuck is she from? <laughs> Ireland. She, I, you haven't <laughs> talked about that yet. Uh, yeah, Agent uh, Agent Kennedy, Agent McKinley. I do know some stuff that's uh, been going on around here. That's honestly, it's just real weird. The reason I wasn't totally forthcoming with you is I don't know uh, exactly what the hell's going on, and uh, we've been playing it tight to the chest so far. Because boy, we. We might be in a little over our heads at this point. 
At this point, I am texting. What are they asking? What do they know? <laughs> uh, you get that text. And she says, oh, are we keeping you from something more important? Uh, I mean, we had a sting set up for tonight. That's kind of what this all was. That's why I'm not wearing my uniform right now. And Oh, this was a sting operation, yeah. you say? Yeah. Mm. You walked in with the FBI thing on your jacket, which kind of fucked all that up. But Well, we were also looking for John Peters. And I guess we, we stung you. also listening, so I guess we've been stung. I guess we stung you on that one, didn't we? I guess the plan kind of worked. I suppose in a way. Who are you looking for? What bee were you hoping to grab the end of? Earlier this evening, one of my associates uh, was uh, injured in a little incident at the hospital up there, and uh, a guy we had in custody kind of got the better of him took his uniform and so we were uh, we were trying to catch him we were trying to get him back here <sighs> so there is a civilian running about in a contention police officer's clothes listen i told you we were in over our heads i'm not proud of everything you that's guys happened tonight. really seem to have the top on this whole situation don't you i mean we had a sting set up we, we were on it well sorry that's okay <laughs> 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 Ding! Boy, wait, 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 wait. Oh, boy! <laughs> Give me a hit of that vape while we're at it. You guys want to hear an annoying sound? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, son. It's hard to talk and not cough with this in your mouth. I had a dollar every time your mom said that. How many dollars would you have? So Joe is a little bit at a loss, but I think it's because Clark would be at a little bit of a loss. I don't yeah. know where I stand with these guys at fucking all. Because I think we're past the point of like... Lying to them? Well, we're past the point of like our characters being like trying to be good policemen. You... That's true. You have committed... We're, we've all committed like super felonies. But I think that also is why Clark is in like a uh-oh. Because he's like wants to help out, but he's like, uh, I will go to jail. If I he show you was, he was a good cop 24 hours ago, <laughs> whatever it was. It should have been me because I would have had no problem lying to him. I would just have a problem lying to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like 1 a.m. on December 4th, the morning of December 4th now. And this all started the evening of December 1st. So it really hasn't been very much time at all. Yeah. What do they expect from us? What are we, the FBI? Are you uh, are you folks, uh, you guys in town for a while? Officer Bishop, we're in town for as long as we need to be. Good. How about we all go home, get a good night's sleep, and I'll share with you all we've got so far tomorrow at the station. Roll persuade, because they would rather go to the station right now. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yes! Nice. I don't know what to do. <laughs> that's that's, that's a set that I don't ever use. That's I the use... third set that you've rolled a not one Joe, with in this game. Stop apologizing. Your hands are touched by I God. I just feel bad narratively like I'm winning every time. <laughs> just tell them that we're all losing willpower right now and we need to take it. <laughs> Mechanically, it would be better for all of us if we met in the morning. She looks at Agent McKinley and looks back at you and she says... Fair enough. What time shall we meet in the morning? How about uh, 10 o'clock? We'll see you bright and early at 10 o'clock. And Agent McKinley and Agent Kennedy walk out of the donut hole. Which one was Kennedy? Kennedy was the female woman. From? Agent Kennedy was the short one, the young woman. Yeah, from, from, from the Agent FBI. McKinley was the, uh, <laughs> the tall old man. Oh, sure. Where do you think she was born? About God. Who knows? Guys, I got. I thought of this one. You know all the like the black goo we've been seeing. It's CPD oil, like 
contention police department. That's not a very good one. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, there's not a whole lot there. (laughs) And and edit point (laughs) and and cut. I think yeah, that's let's end an episode right there. CPD CPD oil. And then we'll end it before the punchline. And pick up I'm next week with oil. I'm going to real quick, and then, <laughs> right, and then it'll be 10 a.m. But not that. No. Not, not that it'll be 10 a.m. Really. No, no, no. Let's go. As soon as those two leave, I'm furiously texting those guys. Or you guys. Furiously. What do you say? Oh, shit. Uh, the FBI is here. They talk to me. We we got to get together. Come to the car. I send back, and I do. And so I walk out of the bathroom, and nobody's left in the restaurant. And I mean, I'm coming to the car, but I'm still a little like, oh, wow, I could have waited for him. <laughs> <laughs> you guys hop in the car. So the FBI is here, and they seem to know a lot. In fact, maybe more than we do about all this crazy shit that's been happening. What do they know? They know about the storage units and. A lot of the crazy shit. Do they know that we have the stuff in the storage units? I wasn't forthright with that, but by the end of it, it seems like they pretty much know that we do. Okay. Uh, Wow. Okay. Um, So we should get back to the PD and... So they're going to come by tomorrow morning at 10 and I told them we cooperate. We need to stash that stuff. Yeah. But we're keeping that cool shit, right? Or do we cooperate with them? No. Cooperate, but they don't... They don't know we did it. We took cocaine and didn't report it to anybody. Oh, yeah. And tons of illegal and like, other weapons. Things. But they knew that we killed Charles. They knew. Yeah, but we, everything, uh, all the murders, uh, I mean, all the uh, things we had to do, we had to do on official police business. Of course, and we would explain that to them. I'm just saying that they're aware of us potentially being off the deep end. Yeah, well, maybe we send them off the deep end and get the whole FBI after us. <laughs> well, I think we got your head in the wrong place about this whole murder thing. So how do you, so what do you, how do you think they know uh, that we have all the... They mentioned that head in the tub. Did they know what else was in the unit? Did they mention that? Yeah. They're looking for a black Nike bag. So they didn't mention cocaine or machine guns or sniper mm-hmm. rifles. So They know that the storage units were cleared out and they knew that uh, John was supposed to have the keys to them. Okay, we found... The- Nike bag in the hotel room. Yeah, let's give them the Nike bag. And we didn't think, you know, until you knew who they were, we weren't going to just give it over. You know what I mean? We can say, I've got the Nike bag, and then let's stash all the rest of the stuff somewhere else because I'm not looking to go to jail for. Or at John. We found it somewhere. We Maybe we went and poked around John Peter's house again, and there it was. Who knows? <laughs> I'm just saying, let's lie. It's... I'm saying, let's <laughs> lie because I don't want to I don't want to go to jail. Give over... up all that cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> but where can we put it? Back in the storage units? <laughs> <laughs> the last place to look. Real fuck with them. Do you think we should cooperate with them on on the bag? Because that's no of no use to us right now. It's just an empty bag. Well, I mean, yeah. I want to look at that bag now. Well, let's go. Let's go back to the PD and figure out what we're gonna do from from there. Also, have they left yet? Yes. Okay, let's all go back to the police department and it's right across mm-hmm. the street. We can see it. Okay, let's go. We're back. An odd thing awaits you when you walk into the police department. Not Drew. Drew is not at the police department. Uh, well, we need to change that because somebody's going to have to move all this stuff. and It's late. <laughs> it's not going to be us. When's the last time you didn't see Drew when you were here? What? Yeah. Well, what do we see? <laughs> there is just a note mm-hmm. on Drew's desk. Sure. And it says, went to the chief's house. We'll be back. The Drew's handwriting? Yep. Is there time or anything on it? Nope. Okay. And as you guys walk in, Dr. Marie Jacobs stirs from her cell in the back, and she's like, Hello, 
officers? Hey, Marie. Doctor. Shouldn't you be asleep right now? Shouldn't you be officering? <laughs> we we are. are. We happen to be officering. This is our office <laughs> to officer at. Shh. You'll wake him. And Salem is like asleep on her on her lap. It's your shrill ass who's gonna wake him. He doesn't wake up to my voice. It's just strangers' voices. Shh. The way the police department is set up, can you see into the cells and stuff as soon as you walk in? No, but you could hear her voice is echoing in such a way that like you can definitely tell it's hitting bags of cocaine and <laughs> weapons and. They would just have to take a quick look around to find all that shit, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it would be f- five steps into the back room, and you'd be like, oh, there's a lot of stuff back here. Yeah, okay. We don't want that to happen. No. I'm imagining that each cell is individually barred from the front. However, they are separated in an opaque fashion from cell to cell. How long would it take us to put up some, uh, like... Like a false wall? Some drywall. Over, like, <laughs> I was just thinking some drywall around there. We move it all into the last cell and put up a fake wall. It, fuck this, guys. Let's just text Drew. Let's call Drew. Okay, yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Beep. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, this is uh, Drew Andrews. Uh, leave a message after the beep. Thank you. Bye. Click. I don't leave fucking voicemails. It's a text messaging world. Uh, he wasn't around. Okay. What do you think? You th- I think priority number one is get our goodies somewhere else. Where do we put them all? At your house. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you live the farthest out of town, don't you? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's put them at your house. We could do that. We could dibby it up. Yeah. All of us take a little bit of home. I live okay. at a motel right now. Those are pro- and there's a scene of the crime like <laughs> a few doors down from me. So maybe not Maybe not in my room. You guys could split it up. Like Maybe John Lee Pettymore could take all the guns. Clark could take all the cocaine. Or just switch those. <laughs> Swap those right around. Yeah, that sounds good to me. It all does sound good to me. It's just that realistically that's a we have there's so much shit in those storage lockers like we we just kind of montage yeah well, i've already got the cocaine i'm i'll see you later <laughs> we, we probably still have the u-haul right yeah the or the police u-haul you you've got some sort of police u-haul box trucks can we just montage that real quick it is 1 a.m when this started so it's at least 1 30 now uh maybe two so i'm gonna have you guys all lose another willpower point if you're going to keep going what's everybody at seven nine i'm at nine so how, how long is this going to take us to do two hours so it's 3 30 once we get back to the police department yeah you'll lose two more willpower points <sighs> i'm definitely i mean I, we can regain them by sleeping and stuff right yeah i'm not heading back to the police department a full night's sleep gives you 1d6 willpower okay so let's we'll take it to the respective places meet back up how about we meet back up like an hour before they get here i mean yeah eight o'clock whatever yeah let's get here at eight that way we have a couple hours to talk about what the hell we're gonna do okay guys we're gonna get to work on time and then plan plot i think we're plotting this is fine We, yeah. Okay, so real quick, if we're going to montage through these, uh, let's go ahead and get a quick rundown of where everything is going. Oh, shit. Wait. At some point in the two hours, we would definitely realize that we should check up on Drew at the chief's house, especially since I can he doesn't do that. call us if back. You, if you guys are taking this stuff to your house, I can go to the chief's house. I think it would be a really good idea for Keith to split off by himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I call him one more time. Bring, bring. Same thing. Okay. I guess I'm going to go to the chief's house while you guys uh, get all this (laughs) back to your houses. Good night, Keith. Good luck, man.
Oh, I don't need it. I mean, you haven't used any luck so far. So, <laughs> real quick, Clark and John, who is taking what to your respective homes? I mean, there is a shitload of shit in there. I want to take all of the important documents we found. Okay. And I'll take some of the guns or all the guns, either way. You take some of the guns, I'll take some of the guns. Uh, We wouldn't want a man like you wanting up caught with all that cocaine. You know, the Petty Moors, I can just say it was left on the property, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for doing that for me, John. No worries, man. I got your back, brother. I don't want to get penalized for forgetting what all... Absolutely. You won't be. We okay. take everything, yeah. How about <laughs> that? It's... Yeah, we divvy, it, we divvy up everything unless there's something that you would think that we should talk about who gets. Yeah. What are the other important How things? How about this? John takes half the guns and all the cocaine. You take the other half of guns and everything else. The question is, what's in everything else? Like, is the cursed turtle we found going to explode or something. The cursed shit we turtle about, will like. explode, which will be an issue for you specifically as a character. Also, how about I take the empty bag, throw it in my trunk of my cruiser. That way I can be like, you can act like you'd had no idea about it. If that's what, if that's, oh, what that's we, a really good idea. That is a really, you know what? That you like relying on your incompetence <laughs> as an alibi is the least incompetent idea you've ever had. Thank you so much guys. <laughs> Uh, but real fast, I want to take a look at it here. Right yeah, now. let's look at the bag. You guys go in the back and you find a black Nike bag. It's a drawstring bag like you would take to the gym. It's, it has a Nike swoosh on it and it says Nike on it. Nothing inside. Nick. There's nothing inside. Do we have a metal detector in the office that I can run over? I'm sure we do. I'm sure we have a wand of some kind. Yeah. There's so much metal. I pointed breathalyzer at it. In the bag. <laughs> there's a metal in the bag. If you swipe it over the top of it, there's a lot of metal in the bag. What does that mean but, to but, us, though? So when I look into it, though, it's empty? Yeah, it's black. It's empty. And it feels just like a regular empty drawstring bag. Spitball in here. Maybe you can catch the goo with it. Maybe. We can talk about it more in the morning. I cast Ritual Detect Magic. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and roll a d20 and add your spellcasting modifier. Alrighty. <laughs> Nat 20! <laughs> you needed a 40. We all watch Clark do that. <laughs> Just, hey, buddy, I think you need to get, I think you should get some sleep. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll a sanity test for me as you pass the... Uh, the wand over the top of the bag. That's a 94 on a 42. Okay, you just lose one, and you know something's up. Something's up with this bag. What's up with that? Yo, so should we? Yeah, what's up with that? Should we keep it, or should we hand it over? Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that maybe if we hand it over, they'll tell us what it is. I like that idea. We haven't really gotten any help from anybody else yet. Yeah, they seem like they Also, maybe they they'll know. leave us alone if... Or just take this off our plates. Like, maybe they're right. Maybe this is above our pay And then grades. we can move to the city and, and sell cocaine. <laughs> that's a dumb idea. Nobody would do that. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at is, I mean, if they are a helpful source and maybe, yeah, that they solve some shit for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's do it. We made awful decisions up to this point. So, oh, I have made awful decisions. <laughs> Keith, you're right. We've all made pretty awful choices. And yeah, if we can like present this as a token of our goodwill to these people, throw them a bone. Maybe they take this whole fucking mess off our shoulders. I like it. Okay, well, I'll, I'll put it in the trunk tomorrow when they're here. I'll, I'll come in and be like, hey, did one do you know whose this is? Somebody left it. Or how should I present it? You could say you found it at John's house. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I found this at John's house. I just... It's just been in my cruiser. It's, been in the, in the, <laughs> it's been in the back of my trunk for a couple of days. So I'm going to head off to Maggie's house. 
Sounds good. And the other two of you are going and taking the stuff to your respective homes. Mm -hmm. All right, if I could have the two of you leave this room now. Keith Vigna, you pull up to the chief's house. I'm trying to think of when I had you lose another. Go ahead and lose another willpower point for me. Okay. So you're at six? Yeah. You pull up. It is a nice old brick house in the style of ranch. There's one door in the front. There's like a big window in front of the patio that is out front. It's one story. Pretty nice place. But the chief's cruiser is actually parked in the driveway, which, as you know, it hasn't been since she left on the night of December 1st. You also see Drew's car there. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask, what does Drew drive? Just a car? Yeah, what does Drew drive? Since he works all the time, he probably has quite a bit of money, so probably a Mini Cooper. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is precisely <laughs> correct. He drives a very clean Mini Cooper, and it is red. With a black stripe. Yep. Dope. So that is out front as well. What would you like to do? I don't want to pull into the driveway. I want to pull like off to the side of the road in front of the house and go up and knock on the door. As you knock on the door, the door swings open. It wasn't closed completely. And as it opens, it stops short. Like it can't open fully with you just pushing at it. You kind of look around the corner and you see there are two unconscious men on the ground. Are the lights on? The lights are not on, but these two unconscious men, one of them is Drew Andrews, and it smells like poop. If I flip the switch, do the lights come on? Yes, and when you do flip the switch, you see that in the living room, which is just adjacent to the foyer, Chief Maggie Cook's body in full uniform leans slumped against the wall on the other side of the room. A large chef's knife rests in her left hand. Her face has been stabbed repeatedly, and her left foot is missing. Blood was clearly flowing rapidly from there. And as you push your way further into the room, it smells like gasoline and natural gas in here. Go ahead and roll sanity for me. 40 on a 40. Ooh, congratulations. Sweet. You only lose one upon seeing this because of your success. What do you want to if do? If I look at that other body, is it Maggie Cook's dad, or is it? can I identify the other male body? The other uh, male body is a odd-looking little man with round glasses on a fat face with no hair and no chin. Is he alive or dead? They're both alive. Okay. Can I check his pockets for an ID? Yeah. You rifle through his pants, and you find a wallet with an ID for a Harold Dorsey. Okay, I immediately go to the kitchen and shut the burners off. As you walk into the kitchen, you see an unkempt man at the table hunched over with a fork in one hand and a pistol in the other. A bullet hole in his head has left him face down in a plate of meat. His left foot is also missing. It smells like natural gas like crazy in here, as well as gasoline, which makes sense because there are gas cans sitting all over the place, and gas has clearly been poured on everything. The range has a skillet on it with the leftovers of two feet that have had the meat pulled from them. All four burners are turned all the way up, and as you go to turn the burners off, I need you to roll sanity for what you just saw. 87 on a 39. So go ahead and roll a... We're going to do a D6 plus two. That's four plus two is six. Nice. So you lose six sanity, which puts you down at... 33. 
puts you down at 33, the breaking point of 30. Correct. Rapidly approaching. And as you do that... Do I successfully turn the burners off? So you're trying, but because of what you just saw, maybe you have a different reaction? So in the course of walking in here, I've lost seven sanity. Is that right? Yep. So you're losing your fucking mind. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, like, I probably am going to throw up, and then I'm... What, what do you think? You throw up all over the kitchen floor, and as you do, you fall to your hands and knees, and your left hand, your left hand hits a wire and you know immediately what you've done because you hear a click off to the side of the room at the front door of the entrance you see a trap has clearly been set and you just fell right into it a fire starts right at the front door and there's clearly a gasoline led path that is leading going to lead the fire back to this back room filled with natural gas. What do you do? I'm on my hands and knees. Yep. I look up, I'm looking at the stove. Yep. There's a fire extinguisher there, right? Yeah. I grab it and I grab it, stand up and start fire extinguishing at the flames while I'm running out the door. Okay, so the so there the flames are leading from the door into the kitchen with all the gas and Correct. stuff. I'm going to take the fire extinguisher, run out of the kitchen, aim it at the closest part of the fire to Sure. to me. Yeah, where just, it's coming and try to do that all along and then get out of there cuz I don't want to fucking blow up. Yeah, that sounds good. So go ahead and roll firefighting for me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, do you have a skill that would help you in this endeavor, do you think? I've got a 60 dex, 50 athletics. Let's do an average of your dexterity and intelligence. Quick little average of those. 55. Yeah, so roll against that 55. 71. Okay, awesome. He's so, uh, different. <laughs> Grab some new dice. Try Joe's. His seemed to be yeah. working really well. Well, I already rolled that. So. Yeah, no, you fucked that up. So you grab the fire extinguisher and slip on your own vomit as you as you get up and are trying to wildly spray this this fire extinguisher at the fire and then get out of there. So as you are running out, you have to jump over the two unconscious men. So, as you are jumping over them to leave this house that is going to explode, what do you do? I grab Drew and try to pull him out with me. Roll strength for me. That's a 34 on a 55. That is a success. Yay! (laughs) Finally! (laughs) Uh, Do you want to narrate it? I slip on my vomit, so now I'm covered in my vomit and probably some blood from that guy's foot. I get up, I'm spraying the fire extinguisher all over in that room and on the trail of gasoline. I jump over and I'm spraying the fire and I realize who I just jumped over. I look at both the unconscious guys on the ground, realize I don't know who that other guy is, but I know that this is Drew and as much shit as we give Drew, we need him. And I put my arms underneath his armpits and just pull as hard as I can until I get out of the front door and I trip back over myself off the front porch and kind of fling Drew and fall on my back. As the house turns into dust, just fucking explodes, Bad Boys 2 mansion style. You guys go flying into the yard and smoke immediately starts billowing and you can hear the ringing of your ears underscored by the wood that was once the chief's house. As I look at that, I after the explosion, it kind of knocked me back and knocked me out and I've just, I'm out for a little while. Yeah, probably, yeah. I want to like come to and, you know, 
half an hour. Okay. Sounds good for the sake of the story. Yep. As Keith closes his eyes, laying back on the front lawn, you're suddenly standing in your childhood home. It's your birthday, and your friends are standing around this table waiting for you to blow out the candles on your cake. You look up, and you see your parents in the corner talking to your little brother. You squeeze your eyes tightly as you blow out your candles, and as you do, you see that black, shiny, viscous sludge. Inside this muck are two thrashing bodies. Their hands reach out, trying to escape this thing that has trapped them, but the struggle does not last long. Their limbs seem to fold into this ooze, becoming one with the sentient mass of goop that is now sliding across the ground toward you. Opening your eyes, you see all of your peers around your childhood kitchen table laughing at you. The candles are still lit. You look up, and your parents are poorly attempting to hold back laughter. You look at the cake, and it is gone. You have a plate that is clean, and you look around and see everyone else is eating a piece of cake. They are all laughing and begin to chant while pointing at you. Beans! Beans! Keith! Beans! His only friends are figurines! Beans! Beans! Keith! Beans! We'll blow your friends to smithereens! And maybe I'll edit that in so that there's multiple voices. Yeah, you should. Your parents look at you disgusted and turn and walk out of the room. You run to follow them, but looking ahead, you only see that woman dressed in old-timey clothing. Looking down, you fall into a black hole in the ground, and you're standing in a cold, dark room. The lights begin to flicker on, and you see massive tanks the size of grain silos. Standing right before you is yourself. You walk up to you. The face of the other you begins to age rapidly, and then just as rapidly ages in reverse. You walk up to one of the massive tanks in this massive, dank, dimly lit room. You press your face against it to see its contents, and something creeps toward you. And as it is about to come into focus, you wake up to the sound of sirens. There are firefighters running all around, and it is a scene in the front yard of Chief Maggie Cook's home. Did you pass a roll with those dice? I passed a roll with those dice, and all my other ones were with that, those, and I did not pass the rolls with those. So I decided that these are going to be the ones I use for now. Okay, so Clark and John, you are a fair amount into unloading the stuff into your homes. I need you to both lose a willpower point for me. God damn it, Luke. <laughs> As you are just about finished unloading you still not finished either one of you you both receive word that the chief's home has exploded and is on fire your presence has been requested at the location clark is just too sleepy and he goes to bed <laughs> i'm kidding i go <laughs> well that was good that was like John was just going to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs>
John is going to... You are uh, welcome to do whatever you would like to do. He's going to take a little pinky of that nose candy. Okay. Get a little boost. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then go to sleep. And then go out. got to tuck the baby in. <laughs> so I understand that improves my willpower? Yes, you get a plus one to willpower. Not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you took a baby. You took a baby rip. Okay, it, t- it takes a bigger one. Okay, you get two willpower points back. On top of the one I already had? No. Okay, then he does another one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you've got three willpower points back. All right, I'm feeling good. (laughs) You're at 11 out of 12 willpower? I feel almost perfect. You are uh, riding high. Does anybody just want to get on the radio and just just chat, just talk? Just rap. Let's rap. (laughs) (laughs) As you arrive at the scene of the situation, the home of Chief Maggie Cook is mostly embers, and there are multiple fire trucks and ambulances out in front of the home. The chief's cruiser is parked in the driveway of the home, as is Drew Andrews Red with a black stripe Mini Cooper is in front of the home. Yeah. As is Keith's cruiser. When you walk up to the scene, you see Keith is sitting in the back of one of the ambulances with a blanket around him. (laughs) (laughs) And Drew is in a different ambulance in the back of it with a blanket wrapped around him. He's got a little cup of hot cocoa. Guys, what's going on? What what happened here? What's what's? Yeah, I go walking up to Keith. What's happening? Uh, I. Their feet were missing. Their, f- their feet, and the burners, they ate the feet. They ate their f- feet off. And Maggie, did you see Maggie? They stabbed her and cut her foot off. They stabbed her in the face and cut her foot off, and they ate it. Who, who did that, Keith? I don't know. Is she alive? No, her and the other two died. Who are the other two? The guy with the fork and the guy... I have... I slap Keith a couple times. I I pull an ID out of my pocket and I hand it to John. That was the unconscious guy and then I don't know who the other two... The ID is for a Harold Dorsey. He's an odd-looking little man with round glasses on a fat face with no hair and no chin. Hey, can we uh, reload a quick save and instead of doing any of that sting shit, go check on the Chief's house? <laughs> say, say about like 1 a.m. Go go talk to Drew. I need to sit, lay down. Okay. I go walking over to Drew. Hey, hey Drew. Hey, hey, Clark. Can you, can you tell me what happened here tonight? Um, Chief is dead. Chief is... Chief is dead. Keith saved my life. And he just breaks down and starts crying and a pretty funny whimper. <laughs> I put a hand on his shoulder. All right, Drew. All right. That's okay. Sounds like you had a rough night. Can you can you tell me uh, how, how how'd Maggie die? Her face was stabbed. She there was blood all over her face and her foot was gone and I just threw up and passed out immediately. I I couldn't do anything to stop that. Drew, it's not your fault, man. How'd you know to come out here? 
Harold Dorsey came and said that I that he needed to go see her that she said to be there and so I wanted to go with him because you told me to look for her. Hey man, you did a great job. Who's- I found her, but she's dead. Sure, you sometimes that happens in life. The thing you're looking for is just dead when you find it. Who's Harold Dorsey? Is he okay? Did he make it out? You, you know, I don't. I, don't, I haven't. I'm gonna go check on him for you real quick. But, but who? Can you tell us who he is first of all? How do you know him? He works for the newspaper in the city. He's a reporter. He's a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. I know you're real emotional, but you're sounding more bratty than sad. <laughs> <laughs> She came to the, the he came to the department and he said that I was supposed to let him borrow the keys to her house, but I didn't think that was very safe, and I didn't want him to see the Jacob's cat man thing, so I just went with him. Did he see any of the stuff we took out of that storage locker? No. Them storage lockers? No? Okay, that's good. Did you see who stabbed her in the face? No, she was dead when we got there, and we both just, neither one of us could take it, and we we both passed out, and... <sighs> what, what room of the house was she in? She was in the living room. It was right there in the front. We... We must have gone unconscious as soon as we saw the blood and it smelled like gas. I can't believe we didn't die. Yeah, how did you get out of there? You said Keith saved you. What what happened? They said Keith pulled when they got here, I was on top of Keith in the front yard. I think he pulled me out as the house exploded. Was the house on fire when you got here? No, but it smelled like gas. So someone started the fire with you two inside? Yeah. Did you see any other vehicles or tracks on your way up here? No. Okay, at this point, I, <clears throat> I'm i kind of coming to, and I look over, and I see that Drew has some hot cocoa. So I look at my EMT guys, I'm like, hey guys, can I have some hot cocoa, please? Oh, yeah, sir, I can get you some hot cocoa. <laughs> Thanks. And then he unzips his pants. <laughs> like, that's a, it's like a wow, soft I, server. I thought you were a surfer from your voice, but. Oh, it all stays in now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about dicks. <laughs> I don't know what porn I look at based on the dick in the porn. <laughs> I don't. I categorize it by the drapes. <laughs> So I get my hot no cocoa. No drapes or drapes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What kind, of, what kind of porn do you have? Oh, I've got no drape porn and drape porn. <laughs>